Happening, everyone. Welcome to this special episode of Total Football Club. The final of the Champions League is officially over at the time that I am recording this. It's been about an hour since the game finished. Chelsea won the Champions League. Shout out to our boy Chris, who is celebrating and will probably be celebrating this victory for the next few days. Of course, as you all know, he won't be able to make it today. So, we're going to analyze what happened in the game, what went good for Chelsea, what went wrong for Manchester City, what could have been what what could have been changed, what what happened throughout this game, breaking down what happened in this Champions League final. Let's start off with the champions. First of all, congratulations to Chelsea and all of their fans. Those are some passionate passionate fans. But Chelsea won this this Champions League final and before the game even started, my biggest question was Will they press early on? Will they try to make Manchester City's life miserable early on in the game? And they didn't do that so much. They sat back, they waited, and they didn't really touch the ball for the first 10 minutes of the game. They really bet on the counter, which was a very, very smart choice looking at it now, of course. But even then, when I was watching the game the first 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, they don't have much of the ball right now. But eventually they will. And when they do have the ball, they will be very dangerous because of those counters. And they were betting on the counters. They didn't have much of the ball. But how about N'Golo Kante? How about N'Golo Kante creating the first few chances for, for this Chelsea side? N'Golo Kante, my goodness. What N'Golo Kante did in transition, taking the ball away, clean tackles, as clean as they can get. He was, he was getting into Manchester City's box way too easily. And he was he was doing it without any opposition. No one was tracking back to get N'Golo Kante or to 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 cover N'Golo Kante. No one no one was was willing to raise their hand and take on that that task, that difficult task of of man marking pretty much N'Golo Kante. But but what he did and what what he was doing on both aspects of the game, I think that's where Chelsea started to rise up, and that's where this Chelsea team saw some some life injected into them and it was it was quite visible we saw it it was it, it was more than visible because as soon as this as this team started to to play a little better you saw that it was because of Angolo Kante and of course we know what happened with Thiago Silva Thiago Silva had an injury around halfway through the first through the first 45 minutes and Andreas Christensen came in, but it looked like it was going to be Olivier Giroud for a little bit. And as soon as I saw Olivier Giroud warming up, I'm like, oh no. I really hope Thomas Tuchel does not mess with the structure of this team. This team is structured very well right now. They are structured so well. They are forcing Manchester City to play back and they're hitting them on the break. Something that Manchester City wasn't... They suffered. Let's just put it that way, and when we get to talk about Manchester City, I will talk about those struggles that they had when they were being countered, which was which went completely against the way that they were playing throughout the season. But again, I'll talk about them in a little bit. Christensen comes in. Olivier Giroud 
looked like he was about to come on, and I'm like, no, this cannot happen because Chelsea was playing very good defensively. They were playing really, really good defensively with the structure that they had with that 3-4-3. That, that back line of three was so solid. And even with Andreas Christensen, this back line was incredibly solid. They stayed solid throughout the entire game. Thomas Tuchel was smart enough to not mess with the structure, to not change the structure of this team. He did it very well and good for him. That was one of the moral victories that Chelsea had. But then we talk about the goal. Mason Mount with a beautiful through ball to Kai Havertz. The run by Havertz was unbelievable. It belongs in a museum like I told Chris through the text messages that we were exchanging during the game. That run belongs in a museum, but the ball that Mason Mount put to Kai Havertz, unreal. Unbelievable. The vision from Mason Mount. I've been saying this for a few months now. Mason Mount is the best player that Chelsea has right now. What he can do with the ball, what he does off the ball, his control, his dribbling, his vision, unreal. The best player that Chelsea has right now. And of course, he had to assist or he had to contribute some way in this game. And that's how he did it. It was such a beautiful pass. And then, of course, Kai Havertz, acres of space, acres of space. And then there was a little a little uh, exchange there between him and Ederson. Ederson looked like he maybe got a little bit of the ball, but ultimately Kai Havertz gets the ball, open net, slots at home, one nothing. That is all she wrote. And the second half was a whole lot of sitting back, waiting for an opportunity for Chelsea. Because this is something that I mentioned to my friend when we were when we were watching this game together. I told them, Chelsea isn't great at one thing. They're just very good at everything. And I really enjoyed watching the game with him because he is one of the few people, along with Chris, of course, he is one of the few people that have actually sat down and watched this Chelsea team ever since Thomas Tuchel arrived. And he's like, this is such a different team. And it is a very different team because you think about Frank Lampard, who, by the way, how is he feeling right now? This team that he was managing in the first half of the season Ended up winning the Champions League. I want to ask you guys this, and we won't get into it right now, but do you guys really think that Frank Lampard was going to take this Chelsea team, this exact same Chelsea team, all the way to a Champions League final or to a Champions League trophy? I don't think so. That's a different story. We can talk about that later on, or we can talk about it with Chris. What point was I trying to make? I I lost my train of thought. Um, Oh, We were talking about how Chelsea just does everything good. They pressure very efficiently. They attack very well. They possess very well. But something that they really needed to do well today was sit back and defend and be gritty and make sure that the opposition's attack felt your presence on defense. And that's exactly what they did as soon as they got the lead. And they got the lead late in the first half. But they made their presence felt on on defense in that second half. And they really needed it. They really, really needed it. And this this Chelsea team, really, I mean, the way that they defended, unbelievable. It it, it deserves a Champions League trophy. It it really is Champions League worthy, the the way that that this Chelsea side defended. And and my goodness, they they saw it out. And again, we have to go back to Ngolo Kante and what Ngolo Kante did in this game. What Ngolo Kante did, he's he's you can't even say that he's not the best player. Of this game. He has to be the best player that Chelsea had this game. 
what he was doing was unreal, and he showed more of it in the second half. A lot of game-saving tackles. Who knows? If he wasn't there, who knows how it would have ended. Could have been completely different for, for Chelsea, but N'Golo Kante was there, and good for him. Champions League winner, World Cup winner, probably going to win the Euro in a few weeks. Then, of course, halfway through the second, Christian Pulisic comes on, and I do have to mention this. Christian Pulisic had a had a chance in front of goal about five minutes after he he came into the game. And as soon as he misses that one, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is all Manchester City needs to lift themselves up and to come back into this game. This is all they needed, and you can tell that it bothered Pulisic a lot. It really bothered Pulisic to miss that that chance. That I don't want to say it was a sitter, but it was very, very close to going in. And my goodness, my goodness, did, did it bother him, and, and that was really close. And of course, had Pulisic scored that one, it's game over. It's game over with 20 minutes left to play. Manchester City would have probably just dropped their hands and it would have been that. It would have been over for Manchester City. But we go back to how gritty and how efficient Chelsea defends. And because of their defense, because of how good they held on to that one nothing lead, the miss that Pulisic had as soon as he came on didn't really mean much. It, it didn't mean much because how often do we see the quote-unquote underdog miss a chance when they're up and then you see the favorite come back equalize and then win the game it happens all the time it happens all all the time it's almost like it's supposed to happen but luckily for Chelsea and for their fans it didn't and and this Chelsea side again they just did everything well and they were the better team they they played more intensely and I know these are all these might sound like cliches but they played more intensely they were more intense in every aspect of this game, they were so much more intense. And it showed. It showed that they wanted it more. But most importantly, Thomas Tuchel said, right, we are going to show the same face that we have showed this entire season. We have nothing different to show. Because what we do, it doesn't matter if you've seen it two or three times already. We do it so well that we are not going to get away from it. And props to him. Because the game could have casted a massive shadow over it over him not just this game the game that he played back in August against Bayern Munich in the Champions League final when he was PSG manager it could have played a lot of mind games but Thomas Tuchel said no I know exactly what I want for this team I know exactly what we do so incredibly well and I know what we don't do so good let's stick to what we do incredibly well because that is exactly what has brought us all the way to Porto to play the Champions League final. And props to Thomas Tuchel for not complicating his game plan, for sticking to the game plan, for sticking to what worked and what took them all the way to the Champions League final. Congratulations to Chelsea. Let's talk about Manchester City now. Oh my goodness, so much to talk about. As soon as I saw the team sheet, I'm like, why is Raheem Sterling playing? Why is Raheem Sterling playing? He had a couple of chances early on in the game. And, and it was in those moments where Chelsea was dropping back and almost just waiting to see how Manchester City would react to certain things. And Sterling, granted, he he wasn't really being part of the... He, or he, he wasn't part of this team, really, in, in the last few months. 
we we would see a different structure, a different a different uh, type of player playing for um, playing in that position that that Raheem Sterling usually occupies. But other than those couple of chances that he had, I don't understand why he played. I really don't because Reese James had him locked down. Reese James and Cesar Aspilicueta, they had him locked down. There there wasn't much that he could do. Maybe there was a couple runs that that came as a surprise for Chelsea. Chelsea's defense, but other than that, I mean, what what else can what other argument can you make for Raheem Sterling to start? That's the first one. Then you look at the midfield, and you see Ilkay Gundogan, Bernardo Silva, and Phil Foden, and those are all ridiculously talented players. But in a three-man midfield, that's probably not what you want to play, because if you know these players, you know that neither of none of the three are players that like to defend. Phil Foden struggles a lot when he has to drop back. Bernardo Silva, he's attacking-minded, as is Phil Foden. And Ilkay Gundogan, sure, he can maybe somewhat be efficient if asked to defend. But in reality, he is best when he is stepping into the box, when he is arriving to the box and creating some sort of chance. It's just becoming, sometimes maybe all he needs to be is an extra body. To throw off the opposition's defense. But he couldn't do that because he was the deepest midfielder for Manchester City today. He was the the deepest midfielder and he couldn't roam into the positions that he wanted to go into. Because then there was going to be a massive gap in in, in Chelsea's final third. And of course you don't want that. And that's ultimately how the goal arrived. Who knows, maybe if Fernandinho played... Maybe if Rodri was playing, maybe that goal would have never happened. Maybe we would still be in, in the penalty shootout as I'm recording right now. The penalty shootout could still be going on for all we know. But there was no defensive midfielder to occupy that massive gap that Mason Mount put the ball through. And it it really, really bothered me to see no defensive midfielder. It it was It was one of those things that I'm like, oh, Pep, you did it again. You, you did it again, Pep. You really did it again. You had to do it again in the most important game in, of Manchester City's history. You had to do it again. He played with he played with his food a little bit too much and then he dropped it. That's probably a terrible analogy. But point being that, that Pep Guardiola didn't stick to his guns as much as he should have. And it was it was it was too late when he brought on Fernandinho. It was way too late when he brought him on. It's it's weird when you see a defensive midfielder come on when the team is down one nothing. It's so bizarre, but he had to do that because he he brought he took out his best players. He he played his best players and maybe he played them in positions where he wasn't supposed to play them in. But that's what happens. That's what happens when you play around a little bit too much and and you overthink the situation. But I will say this: I can't fully blame Pep Guardiola for for overthinking this because. Mid-April, they lost the FA Cup semifinal to Chelsea. Early May, they lost the uh, a Premier League fixture to Chelsea. It, it was in his head. Of course it was in his head. It, he's a human at the end of the day. He's the best tactical uh, manager that I have ever seen. But he's a human at the end of the day. And those two losses to Chelsea definitely, definitely played with his mind. And that was a big question going into this game. Will he overthink this? And he did. He overthought it. 
He overthought it. He he came out a little too aggressive in the midfield. And there was really no control because all of those guys that he fielded in that three-man midfield, they all are attackers. And they don't really want to track back much. So that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. But again, I can't really blame Pep Guardiola because he felt, surely he felt, in the back of his mind even, but he felt that Thomas Tuchel had his number. And indeed he does. Because if you don't have, if, if when you have someone's number, chances are you're going to beat them three out of three times within the span of a month and a half. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And that's what Thomas Tuchel has done. Right. Let's talk about the players now. Let's talk about Riyad Mahrez's incredibly poor performance. He had very little to do today. Nothing. Nothing. He he did nothing. He was he wasn't a factor at all. I really wanted to see more from Riyad Mahrez. I, I didn't see anything from Riyad Mahrez. Kevin De Bruyne, very little from him. And of course, we 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 have to talk about that injury that that he had. It looks I don't know still, and maybe by the time that this comes out. It will be official what his injury is, but just based on his face and based on the impact that that, that we saw on, on screen, it looked like it's a broken jaw. It could very well be a broken jaw because that that jaw hit first right into Antonio Rudiger's shoulder. Uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, there was a collision between uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Antonio Rudiger. Kevin De Bruyne can't even put his hands out to to sort of like, stop the blow from from being as as fatal as it was really it was it was a a very very strong collision right there and it does look like Kevin De Bruyne might have a broken jaw I hope that it's not true I hope that it's just a swollen eye maybe a a, a sore jaw or or something like that because if it is a broken jaw or anything broken Chances are that he won't play in the Euro in, in the Euros, and Belgium really needs him. But this is the Euro where Belgium needs to take the step up. This is the Euro where Belgium either needs to win it or go to the final at least, because the process has been going on for a long time. But anyway, different story. We'll talk about that in our Euro preview show in a few in a few days, few weeks. Kevin De Bruyne, poor game from him, really. Um, Ilkay Gundogan, he was forced to play as a defensive midfielder, playing so deep. You can't really get the best out of uh, uh, out of Ilkay Gundogan, and and really it showed Bernardo Silva very little from him. Kyle Walker, he was nullified by by the fullback uh, on the left side. Who is it? Ben Chilwell. Sorry, uh, and, and Ben Chilwell. He was attacking a lot, so that forced uh, Kyle Walker to drop back and to not attack as much. Um, Zinchenko, of course, he he didn't have a. A ridiculously good game, really. Um, defensively, he played he played okay, but you know, we we judge a fullback now based on how good they attack, and they didn't he he didn't really attack as much as he usually does. Um, Phil Foden, very little from Phil Foden too. It was just lackluster for Manchester City. It was very lackluster, and it felt as if they got somewhat of a spark. In the second half, but even then, I feel like this Manchester City side was, I don't want to say they were destined to fail, but based on the way that they came out today, or Saturday by the time that you're seeing this, 
I feel like they were they didn't prepare to succeed mentally, tactically, and just the, the players that were fielded in the positions and the roles that they had to fulfill. It didn't seem like they were prepared to succeed. And that has to be devastating for Manchester City fans because you get here, you get all the way to a final. After how long? So many years of trying, trying, trying. Leon eliminates you one year, then Tottenham elim- eliminates you another year. And uh, Monaco, Liverpool, the list goes on and on. And finally, you get to a Champions League final. And when you do, you have a very flat performance. That has to be so incredibly devastating for Manchester City fans. And where do you go from here? Pep Guardiola's he's, he's coming back next season. He signed a contract. He's coming back. But what do you do? Where do you go from here? Who do you bring? Ruben Diaz was an excellent addition to this team. But what do you do? What 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 do you what do you do now that you made it to a final? You have all the players, you have all the resources. But you just couldn't make it. Do you bring in a life coach <laughs> to coach you on the mental aspect of the game? Is that what you do? I mean, there are so many things that this that this Manchester City team can do. And it looks like maybe Harry Kane is going to join in a few months or in a few weeks for all we know. And then a lot of problems can be, can be solved. Because once you have a number nine like Harry Kane, at the moment of his career, that at, at, the, at the moment that Harry Kane is living, he's in the prime of his career. That changes an entire locker room. That changes the expectations, of course, but it changes the locker room. It changes the mentality. You want to win. You have to win. You're going to win because you have such a good player at your disposal. But it does really make me wonder what what's next for Manchester City. Domestically, they are a juggernaut. But continentally, not so much. Today was a perfect opportunity for Manchester City to be a European giant. They could have written their name in golden letters in the history books of European football. And they missed the opportunity. They didn't do it. And it has to be incredibly crushing for Manchester City fans. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. And uh, that's it for me. Congratulations, Chelsea. Again, congratulations, Chris. He's going to be celebrating. You won't be seeing him for the next um, for the next few days. I'll tell you that. But since this is going up on Sunday, the thirtieth, I do have a couple announcements. Um, June first, we will have a very special episode with my good friend Miguel. He is an Arsenal fan, and he works behind the, behind the scenes of Total Football Club, and he will be talking about Arsenal. So, of course, uh, that'll be up on Tuesday, June 1st. It'll be up in the morning, Central Standard Time here in the United States. And um, and then next week, we will have previews for the Euro and for the Copa America. So, you won't be getting, a br- you won't be getting brand new episodes for the next few days. We will take a break. We will, we will rejuvenate. As uh, as sometimes people like to say, but other than that, that's it. Congratulations to Chelsea. Tough luck, Manchester City. Uh, surely they will be back at some point. My name is Alex Perez. Thank you all so much for listening, for joining. And yes, in case you're wondering, Buzz Cut Alex is back. It's a very real thing. My hair is incredibly short. If you're not watching this on on YouTube, 
Uh, I'll describe it for the people just listening to the podcast. I got a buzz cut and my hair is incredibly short. So um, yeah, you guys were used to seeing the curls. Curls no more. Curls will be back in the fall or winter, whatever. But that'll do it for me. I hope you all enjoy the Champions League final. It was a very enjoyable final, I will say that. One of the better finals in the last few years. A lot of fun to watch, very enjoyable. The tactical matchup was incredibly fascinating. I enjoyed every bit of it. And of course, of course, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to stop it here. Thank you all so much. Take care. And if you're in America, once again, happy Memorial Day. Enjoy this day with your family and your friends. Take care. Goodbye.